Hello there, everyone. This is uh, the Cantastic at Minipoly Matters uh, at, on Substack. And once again, we're doing another series of uh, interviews with uh, various candidates running municipally in the uh, October municipal elections in Ontario. I'm very pleased to welcome uh, Kojo Damte from uh, Hamilton. He is running for city councilor in Ward 14. Uh, he registered on May 2nd, I believe, on the first day that he was allowed to register. And I'm very pleased to uh, welcome Mr. Damte here uh, this evening as we're recording. Kojo, how are you? Good, good. Thank you for the, uh, for the invitation. Uh, thank you for accepting my invitation. I'm very glad to uh, be able to interview various people who are running for office. Uh, new faces, I would say, say, especially in a city like Hamilton. Um, and uh, very glad you uh, took the time to, uh, uh, to talk with me uh, this evening. So I think the um, best way to start off is I, I'm looking at your website and uh, you have a short biography about yourself. So why don't you tell people who Kojo Dante is? Uh, just a little backstory about yourself and you know, go ahead. Yeah, um, that's that's a, a, <laughs> a very interesting question. I'll try and keep it short. Um, I think uh, one of the things that uh, has always inspired me is to be part of the community that you, you live in and how you can contribute to the community that you live in. So uh, I moved to Hamilton in 2001 and I've been here since. And uh, I've tried to uh, be in community, work for community and support anything that happens here in Hamilton. So I've done that in numerous ways. Uh, I used to uh, be part of the Hamilton Musicians Advisory Team that would advise the city uh, of Hamilton around issues pertaining to the music industry here in Hamilton. We managed to uh, craft uh, some policy around fair wage, fair wages for musicians. We also managed to uh, establish loading docks uh, for uh, musicians at music venues. Um, so that's something that I've done. I also teach at McMaster um, as, uh, as a sessional instructor. And uh, my current position is uh, I'm the executive director at the Hamilton Center for Civic Inclusion. And there, uh, during the pandemic, we, we talked about establishing uh, COVID-19 vaccine clinics for uh, marginalized communities, communities that were at, at higher risk of uh, contracting covid uh, so we're, we're able to uh, establish that and vaccinate over a thousand Hamiltonians. And uh, we also drafted uh, uh, a policy document called Just Recovery Hamilton that uh, came up with over 150 recommendations for the city of Hamilton to now think about how the pandemic should uh, give us lessons about how we structure uh, municipal governing and how we serve uh, uh, various residents uh, in Hamilton. So those are all the things, those are all the things that uh, I've been a part of and, uh, and uh, running for council 
is just another aspect of uh, of being involved in community and serving uh, the community and working with the community. I see. So you see running for city council as sort of an extension to what you've already been doing in the community for all these years. Would that be a fair assessment? Yes, that okay. is exactly yeah. it. Right. Uh, so I'm looking at your biography. It says here, you, you said you moved uh, to Canada in 2001 and you've lived in a number of areas around Hamilton. See, if you were in the Ainsley Wood neighborhood in Ward 1, and then you lived in the Oakwood area in Ancaster. And then after you graduated from McMaster, you moved to Gibson in Ward 3. And uh, you're currently living in Ward 14. Am I correct? Uh, no. So right now, I used to live in Ward, uh, ward 14. Uh, I'm about 400 uh, meters away from Ward 14. Um, and so, uh, again, the, the fact that I've been able to live in various sections of, of our city allows me that vantage point to talk about some of the issues that our city is currently, is currently facing. Um, I've, I've done lots of work also in Ward 14. Um, during the pandemic, we started uh, Mountain Mutual Aid uh, that provided uh, food and health products to, uh, to various communities on the West Mountain and on the whole Hamilton Mountain. We, we were able to uh, work with over 100 families. So for me, as you said, uh, running for council is an extension of the work that I've already been doing and also to make sure that we are, we are changing the systemic outlook of how a municipality should be interacting with, with residents. That's a very good point you brought up because uh, I think a lot of, a couple of my questions right now are gonna lead into more about governance at the city because it seems if you've been paying attention to what's going on at Hamilton City Hall politics, it's, uh, I, I see you smiling there. I think it's an understatement to say it's not been the most high quality, uh, sort of performance we've been seeing from our elected officials. Um, for those of you outside of Hamilton who are not aware, um, Mr. Damte, the ward he is contesting, uh, is currently held by a city councilor that has been in the news currently for many would say the wrong reasons. Um, but I, I want to just get back into governance here. It seems that what I've noticed when, this, when the uh, nomination period started uh, there was a very interesting incident. You, as well as some of the other candidates that first registered, after you submitted your nomination papers, you were told you could not be on City Hall property in order to have a press conference. So you were all forced outside onto the sidewalk. So you were technically off city property in order to introduce for you to introduce yourself to the public. Uh, who am I, etc. And it wasn't just you, it was uh, other candidates, I believe uh, Keenan Loomis was running for mayor, he was, he was forced to do the same thing. Um, but this incident just sort of gives me some indication that there's something very awkward going on in terms of uh, City Hall administration and its relationship to the people, or at least specifically, people who are seeking to be elected to the local council. Um, in, I know governance is such a broad scope here, but can you explain to me what you feel needs improvement at Hamilton City Hall at the moment? 
Yeah, so I think the first thing is we need new voices. So if you take a look at uh, the current uh, makeup of council, uh, you have four councillors who um, are serving or just finished their first term. The rest of them have been there for decades. We're talking, you know, 10 years, 16 years, 12 years. Uh, I think the longest serving councillor uh, Councillor Tom Jackson has been there since 88. And to give you context, in 88, I was five years old. So that's, that's, that's how long uh, he's been in. And I think, uh, let, me, let me prefix this statement. I think there's nothing against the law that's, the, it's not against the law to run for office in perpetuity. However, However, from a, and I'm not even speaking politically, just from a leadership point of view, it is important to have turnover, right, in any form of leadership, because what eventually happens is that ideas get stagnated, right, new perspectives are not brought in. And so when you look at it from a leadership point of view, the fact that you have people that are there for 20 years, 30 years, is also doing a disservice to the city. Now, let's look at it politically. There are certain decisions, right, that uh, need to be made and certain changes that need to be made. And if you have people that have been there for decades and decades that are not listening, that are not uh, uh, uh open to different perspectives of how we move a municipality forward, then they become the barrier. And that is what we are seeing here in Hamilton. When we want to expand transit, these same councillors don't want to come up with new ideas. When we want to talk about the environment, these same councillors are hiding information from the public about the 24 billion uh, uh, liter uh, uh, spillage in Coots Paradise. So again, these are the things that contribute to sort of the bad governance and sort of the lack of decision-making that we need at a municipality level, especially with the things that we are facing, climate change, uh, just coming off a pandemic, the housing crisis that we are seeing, how we need to transform our cities so that we're not dependent on uh, cars that emit greenhouse gas effects. We're not dependent on expanding urban sprawl. That is also detrimental to the taxpayer as well. So these are the things that we need to, we need to look at. And new, new uh, voices and new people like myself are open to doing that. That's a very interesting point. And um, I, like, I'll just say it right here, current Ward 14 Councillor uh, Terry Whitehead did in the past uh, vote against LRT, for example. Um, he also represents a ward that is, I believe, geographically speaking, more in the sort of, I guess in the, uh, maybe you could explain to me, in the mountain, the mountain area of Hamilton, it's more a, a suburban area. And there seems to be always this sort of narrative of there's a divide between councillors who are from the old part of Hamilton, like the downtown area, for example, and then more from the outer suburban, suburban area as well as uh, some of the former towns that were amalgamated back in uh, 2000. Um, like, is this divide like, uh, 
like contributing to sort of like this governance issue? Like, is, has amalgamation not worked for Hamilton as uh, originally it should have been? Well, I think it's a complicated, uh, a complicated answer. But what I can say is, yes, there's that divide. But I think what we need are new leaders that, that bring down that divide. Because at the end of the day, we are one city. It doesn't matter whether somebody is living in Ward 14, Ward 3, Ward 15. We still live in one city. So let's take pub, uh, public transit, for example. You know, public transit downtown, the people have easy access. But in, in a ward like Ward uh, 12 or 13, specifically Ancaster, if you're an Ancaster and you need to get downtown, or you need to get to the west side of the city, it can take about an hour and a half. You can go to Toronto and back if there's no traffic in an hour and a half. So if you're looking at transit from a citywide perspective, why should residents take an hour and a half to get from one side of the city to another? So this is why, and that, that divide needs to be, needs to be uh, 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 demystified or be broken down so that we can start looking at how do we serve all the residents in Hamilton, whether you're in Ward 14, whether you're in Ward 12, whether you're in Ward 1, whether you're in Ward 3. And those are the things that we have to look at. And the, and the previous councillors or the current councillors uh, uh, play on that divide to not get stuff done. And, and residents are tired of seeing that. Hmm. Uh, so you mentioned, I think uh, you had done some work in affordable housing, especially during the pandemic uh, period. And affordable housing, I think that's an issue that is not just in Hamilton, but a number of communities across Ontario, across Canada. Um, I looked at a new, I was looking at a new report from, uh, our, um, I believe you may be familiar with this group, uh, I Elect Hamilton. Uh, so the, uh, 45% of Hamilton renters are living in unaffordable housing. So that's a very high number. That's pretty much exemplifies an affordable housing crisis. Now, there's been a number of policies that have been proposed. One of them I found interesting that uh, Hamilton City Council, I thought surprisingly took recently was that to freeze the urban boundary uh, within the city rather than um, doing the opposite. And so contributing what many would say a more sprawling development. Um, we just went through a provincial election where the uh, PC government has been reelected. They have said that they are not necessarily against it, but more like, oh, uh, we want me, we want to review it later. Um, I believe the local MPP, Donna Skelly, has said something similar. Now, this, this, this could be problematic for the city now that they've taken this view to freeze the urban growth boundary, but, you know, as we all are very familiar, uh, municipalities are at the whim of the provincial government at times. So it seems that the province could rescind this uh, freezing of the boundary if they so choose. Um, if that happens, like, are there any sort of policy ideas you want to put forward to voters as to how we can solve this affordable housing crisis? Um, in if in complement with in comp uh, in conjunction with the freezing of the urban boundary or not? Well, first off, big shout out to Stop Sprawl Hamilton. They are the ones that organized 
residents across the city. We had about over 20,000 people. And that is unprecedented. When you are talking about local residents uh, deciding what they want to see from their municipality. So big shout outs to Stops for Hamilton, Environment Hamilton, Hamilton, and all the other organizations, Hamilton 350. Um, I think that that decision to stop sprawl is a good decision. And it's also a good financial decision, right? I think that's the, 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 the points that's been missing. It's a good financial decision. It's a good environmental decision. And it's a prudent decision to help get us to solving or uh, uh, mitigating the, the, the housing crisis. So when we talk about housing, we need to realize that there's a spectrum of housing that we need to provide. Emergency shelters, transitional housing, social housing, affordable rent, uh, rental housing, and affordable home ownership. The discussion or the discourse around housing tends to focus on affordable home ownership. The average selling price of a house in, in Ward 14 is 800K, right? Hamilton, the average selling house in Ham Hamilton is over a million, right? So what is missing? Well, we are missing social housing. We're missing affordable rental housing. And this is where uh, 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 freezing the urban boundary comes into play. Now, when you have a fair urban boundary, now the city can, 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 can mandate or using some of its levers, whether it's zoning or what have you, bylaws, inclusionary zoning and what have you, to then make sure that we are having a good stock around social housing and affordable rental housing. City, the city of Hamilton has uh, uh, city housing. We also need to invest in city housing. We also need to look at other ways, other cooperative uh, housing models, land trust models that allow for people to take ownership of the housing that they need, right? So I think when we talk about uh, freezing the urban boundary, coming up with other solutions. These are some of the things that we have to do. And we need to focus on that middle, right? Social housing, affordable rental housing. Those are the key things. But not everybody has the money to purchase an $800,000 house. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, we're in a time where like, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a single guy and I was told recently that I don't qualify with a single income. So, and I do it pretty well on my own. So it's, it just seems baffling to me that we've come to this point where um, just basic decent housing or, or just the basic right to housing seems kind of unreachable to many people. Um, I guess another issue I want to uh, look into is um, transit. Uh, it seems the LRT question has for now been settled. I think um, it's, it seems even the provincial and the federal government has come to the same conclusion that the LRT should be built. And um, do you have any ideas on like what further sort of ideas to uh, increase, uh, expand on uh, public transit options in Hamilton so people are not always driving the car? Not that there's anything wrong with driving a car, but it's just... A lot, uh, it's just the ability to provide more options for people so they have like other methods like is there any ideas you have that you want to take on uh, during your campaign while you're meeting with the people 
Yeah, it's funny that you say that. The city of Hamilton has a transportation plan. They approved it in 2018. And in there, one of the, 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 the main priorities is to reduce single occupancy uh, 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 usage, right? So first off, and I mentioned this earlier on, public transit is important. Public, when you have dependable, well-invested, well-resourced public transit, that means that you're going to have a better city overall, right? So one of the first things that we need to do is to make sure that we have a dependable and affordable public transit across the entire city, right? It doesn't matter which ward you live in, you should be able to say, you know what? I want to hop on the bus. It should take either 10 or 15 minutes for a bus to show up, right? There are certain areas where we have buses that come every 30 minutes, every hour, every 40, 45 minutes. That doesn't cut it. Because if I have to, uh, if it's going to take me an hour or an hour and a half to get downtown when I live up on the mountain, why am I going to take public transit, right? So I think we need to invest in our public transit. We, we need to make sure that we reduce the frequency 10 to 15 minutes, right? We also need to provide accessible public transit that allows for seniors to also access public transit, right? The other thing is we also need to find different modes of transportation. We have bike lanes, but we need to make sure that we are, it's not just a, a, a paint on the ground that says this is a bike lane. We need protected bike lanes and we need uh, in uh, our city of Hamilton is developing what they call a complete street review that allows for you to have a path for uh, pedestrians, a path for, for, for bike lanes, and a path for, for, for people that might be using other mobility uh, devices. So I think those are the investments that we need to make, and that will, 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 will give people the, 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 the confidence to then say, you know what, I want to walk, I want to bike, I want to take public transit. And that's how we ensure that we have a, we have a de dependable public transit system. And that will also make our city better physically and health-wise as well. So these are the things that uh, we, need to, we need to accomplish. And I'm committed to, to doing that here in Hamilton. Uh, uh, another question I have is, I'm always curious about how city finances are like sustainable because cities seem to have only a very limited um, number of avenues to uh, raise um, revenue, right? Property taxes, the primary one, there are some user fees, but I think 80 to 90% of city revenues come from property taxes. So you have a very limited pool of resources in order to do all the things, provide all the services that a city can afford to. Uh, looking around the world, there, there are cities that have like much different methods of financing with the higher orders of government, if you will. They have their own ability to tax or raise user fees or have much more stable financial arrangements with, with uh, either the uh, upper level of government. Um, what, what do you think that a city could 
improve on in terms of having a ability to raise funds? Like, are there other avenues that cities should rely on in the long term other than just property taxes? 100%. Actually, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. So uh, th- this is, uh, this is a, uh, uh, an item that hasn't been discussed. So I'll give you two, two examples. So first off, as you know, the city of Toronto has its own act with the, the province. So they are one of the municipalities that can that can uh, uh, come up with their own tax system. And I think they've, they've done that. I don't know the specific uh, tax, but they have uh, done that. Um, if people uh, read some of the platforms from the provincial election, I think uh, one of the, the, under the municipality section for the NDP, they did talk about um, allowing municipalities to, uh, uh, to look into charter cities. So giving municipalities the, the opportunity to talk to the province to say, hey, um, what, what are the options that are available to municipalities to bring in uh, extra, extra money to either develop whatever priorities that they see fit? So I think that's something that uh, municipalities can look at. I know that there's the uh, FCM Federation, uh, Federation of uh, Municipalities, and then the, uh, I might get the acronym right, the AMTO, uh, A, I forget, but. I, I think are, you mean uh, AMO, the Association yes, of Municipalities yes. of Ontario. Yes. yes, there you go. Yes. So those, those are uh, associations that can also help municipalities to talk to the province to say, hey, look, Property taxes are not uh, are not cutting it out, and we need to reduce the burden of uh, of 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 people uh, of our residents, so we can we can we can have multiple ways of 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 coming up with uh, innovative and progressive ways of taxing that allow us to do some of the things that we want to uh, we want to do. Okay, uh, good answer. Um, I think I'll, uh, as we're winding down here, I think I'll close off this interview with a couple more fun questions, if you will. Uh, you've mentioned you've uh, moved, you moved to Canada in 2001. You've lived in uh, Hamilton for a number of years. So you're definitely much more familiar with Hamilton than I am. Um, is there any, uh, like, if I, if I was to go to Hamilton, like, tomorrow uh what's the like the best restaurant you would recommend whether it's in ward 14 or whether it's in anywhere else in hamilton even if it's like 400 meters outside of ward 14 (laughs) yeah you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get me you're gonna get me in trouble no (laughs) um no I, i i like in the last 10 years i would say hamilton has there's lots of small businesses restaurants you go down uh, James Street. Uh, James Street has changed so much. Uh, King William Street has also changed. You go to um, Ottawa Street. There's just a, there's just so many places uh, now. Um, I don't want to I don't want to mention. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, one, one one spot. But what but what I can do though is if you need if you need vinyl. The one place to go is Dr. Disc. Ah, okay. 
on uh, James, uh, James and Wilson. That 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 I can say that I know because uh, Doctor This is the is one of the uh, the best vinyl stores in uh, in Hamilton. So that that I can give. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask if you could name a favorite restaurant because you don't want to play play favorites. Is there like a local business in your ward that you wanted to uh, give a shout out to? And so well. In 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 my ward though, there's um, there's uh, a long uh, a long time uh, uh, mom and uh, pop uh, business, uh, Sweet Paradise Catering. Uh, they have lots of uh, lots of desserts, lots of food. Um, so yes, yeah, so if 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 you like desserts, you can uh, definitely check out Sweet Paradise uh, Catering. Yeah, I have a I do have a sweet tooth on occasion that uh, flares up from time to time. So when uh, when that comes up, I'll let, I'll definitely know where to go if uh, I'm in the Hamilton area. Okay. Well, uh, but thank you very much, uh, Kojo, for uh, taking the time to speak with me. Uh, this is Kojo Damte. He is the candidate for city councilor in Hamilton, running in Ward 14. Uh, the election is on October 24th. Uh, just. For another important date, uh, August 19th at 2 p.m. is the deadline for candidates to register. And, um, you know, yeah, democracy only works when there are choices and it's vibrant and there are new voices coming in. So I'm very grateful that, uh, Kojo, you took the time to uh, speak with me today so we can just give you some time to introduce yourself to not only just uh, my viewers, but Hamiltonians as well. So thank you very much and uh, have a good day. Yeah, thank you very much, and uh, thank you for doing this. I think there aren't there there are not enough people that cover municipal politics, and municipal politics plays a huge part in uh, in every 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 everybody's life. So uh, thank you very much. I hope there are other candidates that you get to talk to across the province, and uh, hopefully they have conversations with you, and I, I will I will encourage them to do so as well. And if 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 folks want to find out more information, yeah, um, where can people find about, you? Yeah. yeah, about my campaign, you can definitely. Uh, you, we have our website is uh, kojoforward14.ca, and then you can find us on all social media platforms, kojoforward14. All right. Thank you very much, Kojo. And uh, this is uh, Fantastic from Muni Poly Matters. Thank you very much for uh, listening. Have a good night. Thanks.